Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Blush. I'm your host, Hiva, and I'm joined here today by Dahlia. Dahlia, how are you? I'm doing awesome, Hiva. I'm really excited to be here with you. I know. I'm so excited to have you. Let's hope Sam doesn't, you know, disrupt and take over the entire show, but... We had some bonding moments earlier, so it's okay if she does. I know. She's so cute. She's so sweet. I, like, feel so bad for her. The other day I was joking that she's a lemon, but, like... Do you know, you know that phrase? No. From like car dealerships? No, go oh on. Oh my God, I'm so dating myself. <laughs> it's like a car dealership term from like the 80s. So you know when you like buy a used car? Yeah. You don't really know what you're getting. So like a lemon is like a used car that's actually fucked up. And so is that Sam? And so is But she's a lot of health issues. Okay, fair. We were talking about some of them, but... She's been paralyzed. She has an autoimmune condition that she nearly died from, and she's now on organ transplant drugs for it. (laughs) True. She really is. And then she takes Pepsi to counteract some of the effects of that so that she still has an appetite, but she weighs like three pounds now, basically. Um, She has a super sensitive tummy and like so diarrhea prone. She takes probiotics, which do help a lot, but like still so diarrhea. Like if her and my guts could just like get together and equal out a little bit. You know, it's so funny that you say that actually is I tell patients a lot about how important it is to have a dog actually to it improve your, your microbiome. Uh, can we talk about that? So Dolly is a doctor, by the way. I give like zero background. <laughs> but, um, That's okay. Dolly is a doctor and she's here to... Really just, you know, help us because I feel like I LARP all week as a doctor, <laughs> like every week I'm like talking about all the health effects of various things, like as though I have any sort of education in this, but you're here to myth bust, to clarify, to educate. Um, and yeah, I'd heard that dogs help with your microbiome and like, I've heard that everyone in your household affects your microbiome. It's totally true. Yeah. Meanwhile, I live, generally speaking, with two people, well, a dog and a human who were, what is she doing out there? She's opening the door to come in and help our our microbiome. (laughs) But like my boyfriend and my dog both are so diarrhea prone. Oh, interesting. Aren't you the opposite? Yeah. Yeah, no, my body's like reabsorbing my poop yeah. basically at this point. Yeah, I've like, so I've thought about this a lot for you and I, I'm eager to talk about it whenever you want to, whether that's today on the pod or tomorrow when you come in to clinic as my patient. Oh yeah, okay, we need to talk about that because I might not be able to do tomorrow. Oh, that's fine. But, um, but we'll talk about that. No, I don't want to get too much into my guts only because I feel like every week, like basically this is turning into like the He Must Poop podcast. Fair. And so. if, I think if your listeners hear one more B word out of you. <laughs> that like that word is just like my least favorite word ever now. And 
probably my worst experience. So instead, we're just going to talk about my period for the next 30 minutes. And I absolutely love talking about women's health and cycles. Like I was so excited that you said you want to talk about this because I'm like hormones bring them on. It's so important. And, you know, as someone who didn't. okay, so uh, basically I texted Dahlia earlier and I was like, I'm about to get my period. And when I say that, what I mean is like whenever I get my period, I always get it like it'll come like when I'm peeing and like wiping, Mm. like I will never bleed in my underwear anymore. Mm. Um, That was reserved for when it was like humiliating in the sixth grade, you know? (laughs) Yeah, the the day you wore white jeans to school, I know that day. Literally wore khakis and I sat in a swimming pool of my own blood. Well, like I think... Like, why is it that we would bleed through our pants as children when it was, like, so humiliating? Now I wouldn't really give a shit if I got my period and, like, everyone saw. I'd be like, yeah, I'm a grown-ass adult who menstruates. But, like, now it never happens. Is it just because we know the feeling now? I think it's a combination of things. Like, like literally everything in our health. I think it's both the fact that we know what's going on. We know our bodies better. But also, like, it's kind of part of the journey. I think, like, every young girl, unfortunately, needs that day where, like, you look down and you have, like, a four-centimeter freaking blood patch in your pants that everyone else saw for the last three hours and you just didn't. Mm -hmm. And, like, that brings so many emotions, right? Like, how much shame did you have? How much, like, humiliation did you have? But, like, it's our bodies. And it's unfortunate that we feel so much shame about that. I mean, we could go off on that for, like, hours probably. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's kind of, this sounds super woo-woo, I know, but it's kind of part of the journey. Like Mm -hmm. we learn about our bodies. We learn how to better take care of them and how to like better be prepared and how to like notice the signs of, yeah, I'm bleeding through my freaking khakis right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And it doesn't really happen anymore. And maybe sometimes it does. Yeah. 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 Now I, so like what'll happen is I get like a warning shot. Mm. So I'll spot a little bit. Yeah. You mentioned that earlier. I thought that was interesting. I want to hear a little, tell me more about your cycle. (laughs) Okay, so let me take you to the beginning. No, Um, but I didn't get it for like, uh, well, I mean, okay, I didn't ovulate for like 10 years Mm -hmm. um, because of my eating disorder, but Mm -hmm. I also was on birth control on and off during that time. Mm -hmm. But like, I wouldn't have gotten it. I mean, I like, so I was getting like withdrawal bleeds, but you know, obviously not ovulating. Um, but like, even if I hadn't been on, I wouldn't have gotten it. So now I think the reason that I have so much excitement every time I get my period is because like I didn't for so long. And to me, it's like an indicator of health. It is. And actually it's like so beautiful. You know, the reason why I'm here today actually is because I was just so attracted to you when you and I first met. Um, like big shout out to Egypt girl. She is (laughs) our girl. And, um, seriously, she's a wonderful person and like she connected us and Mm -hmm. I immediately saw something in you. Like, I love how vulnerable you are. You wear your emotions on your sleeve. And anyway, I could talk about that for a long time, but I won't But one of the first thing you shared with me, and obviously you've like shared it on the pod, so not like throwing you under the bus, but like was your eating disorder, which Mm -hmm. I just loved how you owned it. And it's like one of the most complex, like emotional and physical things that that happens to people. Um, And, but what you're telling me right now is that this, like your cycle is an indicator of health and it totally is. Um, Like I see it both in my patients all the time and I see it in, you know, it's both with underweight and overweight. It, uh, our cycle can get really skewed because of both of those kind of malnutrition, like, uh, ends of the spectrum, Mm -hmm. um, and other things of course can cause our cycle to be disrupted. But like, 
for you, I totally get that you feel really good when you get your cycle. Cause like you are, you've, you've grown so much and healed so much. And so like, it is an indicator of health. So mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. But tell me more about like what you feel when you get your cycle. Or like um, when you get okay. your period. So first thing that'll happen, and this will happen like a few hours to at most like 12 hours before my like period comes on full on. Like when I pee and I wipe, I'll see like a light pink. And so then I know it's like about to come. So yeah. I took a shower today for the first time in days. <laughs> <laughs> also something we did talk about earlier, which... I love that for you. Didn't wash my hair. I'm washing my hair tomorrow for the first time in like weeks. But um, <laughs> it's probably honestly contributing to a good microbiome. So go on. Thank you so much for saying that. I was on FaceTime with my like one and a half year old niece the other day and she was in the bath and I was like, does she bathe every day? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, it's a lot more than I can <laughs> yeah, but, say. Like, let's talk about that for a second. She gets bathed every day. Like you have to bathe yourself. Yeah, but like if I had a child, I would not bathe that little bitch every day. I mean, do you have to bathe the baby every day? You know, it depends. Like, well, they are like shitting their pants. They are shitting their pants a lot. They are also pissing all over themselves a lot. But also, eczema, like skin sensitivities, actually do, and and eczema does a lot better when it's bathed. Like, um, Mm. and there's like, oh my gosh, I like love talking about this with patients too. But like, there's just step by step process for like getting that skin healed again. And a big part of that is bathing. So like. Do you want to tell me about your rashes? <laughs> I don't have Just any, kidding. but I will say, um, not currently any. I have had some in the past. Although I've had like rashes in the past where it's like nothing visible, but it's just like mm. so itchy. Mm-hmm. But last night I took um, gummies mm-hmm. and then I saw that Ozzy had FaceTimed me and I'd missed it. So I like FaceTimed him back. I didn't even think he was going to pick up. I thought he was going to be at work or something, but he was with his little nieces. And so we're just like on FaceTime as I'm like super high and I'm just like (laughs) trying to pull it together. And so the older one is like, oh my God, do you want to see Hannah's um, rash? And I was like, do I? And so here's the thing, like I'm good with gross stuff, but like I have, um, what's it called? Tryptophobia or trip? Phobia. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like with hair. No, no. it's like pure bumps and mm. spots okay. and circles. Yeah, you so learn like, something new every day. <laughs> don't love rashes. Sure. It's like it's just not the vibe. But like she's such like a cute, dainty little blonde girl that I thought it was gonna be like a cute little pink rash, yeah, you know? So I was like, gnarly. sure, show it to me. And it was like, I mean, it looked like this bitch was like growing scales. I was like, <laughs> how are you outside of the hospital right now? Like, how are, are you? you- outside? Okay. Are you contagious? <laughs> no, um, that was like the first through 10 questions that I asked. I was like, so is it contagious? Because I'm not going to see you if you have this on your body. And you are going. You mean, obviously they're in Australia, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, and I'm definitely going. Yeah. And they're so excited. But I like, and I feel bad because I was like so high and like had no filter. But I was like, that is like the worst thing I've ever seen. So I have like so many questions. Can we talk about it for a second? First of all, how old is she? Okay. Yeah. That's a normal. I mean, also every age get ra- gets rashes. You said scaly. Tell me more about, more about it. Where was it? It was on her leg. Okay. And is it getting better? Well, she has like medication for it, but they don't know what it is. And I was like, oh, is that what we do? We just like prescribe medication. Have they seen a doctor? Even- I think so. Oh, I th- it's like I think she has medication from a doctor. Oh, I could talk about this forever. Like, 
dermatology and rashes are a little bit of like, oh, it looks like this. Let's throw a steroid at it. Oh, it looks like that. Let's throw an antifungal Wait, at it. let me show you something. <laughs> I know it's not a visual podcast. Do you see that spot? Mm-hmm. Okay, so for everyone listening, I have this like circle on my chest. How else would you describe it? It's a scar. You can tell it's a scar. I can tell like- it's a scar. I am like uh, four feet away from you, but what I see is it's skin toned. These, mm-hmm. the, these are the medical terms we're supposed to use. It looks like a skin-toned macule, meaning like larger than a centimeter, about a centimeter actually. Um, and it's raised, right? Yes, it raised. is raised. It doesn't look anything else. doesn't look inflamed. No. Um, so I've had it for years now. What happened was like one day I was like kind of itchy and I kind of thought it was like ringworm. And so um, I guess I started using over-the-counter stuff and it wasn't getting better. And so I went to an urgent care place and they wrote me this prescription And I don't know what happened, but all of my skin came off in that circle. And when I say all, I'm talking like half a centimeter deep. Wow. Came off. Just came off. I mean, yeah, it's a scar now. That's crazy. So I just like had it bandaged up for a while. I didn't even go to a doctor again. I was like, that's weird. (laughs) I just like ignored it. And now I have a scar there and I've learned to like kind of love it. But I like to this day, I have no idea what was ever wrong with my skin and why the cream that they prescribed like literally made my skin. I mean, in that circle, it was disgusting how deep there was no skin. I like have so many thoughts about this story even. And one of them is, um, you know, you went to an urgent care, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that it goes back to like, having a primary care physician actually is really important because they know you, they know your body. I mean, not nearly as well as you know your body, but like it would be really nice for you to have had follow-up with someone to like help you understand what happened there just mm-hmm. in case it ever happens again on your body in a different mm-hmm. place. But also like whatever, now we don't know. But what was that cream that they gave you? Do you know? No, whatever. No, it, this matter. was like 20, 2010, 2011, early gonna... 2011 that this happened. Okay, fair. So like over 10 years ago. So yeah, but it's a beautiful scar now. Just yeah, so you now know. I kind of love it. It's part of my tapestry. It yeah. reminds me of that period of my life, mm-hmm. you know, but um but yeah, it's it's like it's wild. Anyway, maybe coming back to periods before we got too far off. Great idea. Oh, so I like I have so much to say on the subject, but there's this kind of like woo-woo thing out there that um I do think that this part of it is like maybe somewhat shown in studies that like women tend to like the cycles are like synced with the moon usually. I have to look more into this because the number of patients who I have tell me that this is true is a lot. Mm-hmm. Have I ever seen like a I mean you can't do a good study is like called a randomized, you know, controlled trial. We can't do that on like periods in the moon. But truly the number of patients I have tell me about it, I hear it all the time. I haven't looked into it, but yeah, go on. Tell me more. But then this, this next part of it is like full woo woo. So they (laughs) say, um, that like most women bleed with the new moon and ovulate with the full moon, but that like the witches and the healers of society bleed with the full moon and ovulate with the new moon. And I always had a new moon cycle. And then when I was in Australia, beginning of 2022, I like ended up getting my period like way early, like 10 days earlier than I was supposed to. And ever since then, it's been like slowly shifting towards a full moon 
Interesting. cycle. Remind me. Okay. So new moon is who? And full moon is who? Like the normies. Okay. The peasants of society. <laughs> and I am now moving You're towards being a healer and a witch. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to look into this. It's fascinating, right? right? But I do feel like, I mean, they could do obviously not like a you know, controlled experiment, but you could just do like a statistical analysis of, of like when people are menstruating and when totally. you know, the moon cycles are. And I do wonder how synced these things actually oh, I'm are. Oh, I'm super curious about it. Like, I mean, we can't deny that gravity, right? Like plays a huge role in our life. It mm-hmm. does. We know that. Does it play a role in our periods? I don't know. But like, I'm always open. That's like my approach with medicine is like, I am open to entertaining like lots of different ideas. And honestly, what it comes down to is, is it safe for the patient, right? Like, is it safe that a patient thinks that she's on a, she she or he or they are on the moon cycle? Yeah. Who cares? It's Mm -hmm. not going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. Does it make them more connected to their body? Yep. Those are like the most important things to me. Mm -hmm. And so like, is there going to be a trial out there that shows it? I don't know. But like, Go for it. Tell me more about it. Go on. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, Well, I'm not going to say more on this because um, (laughs) I don't really have more to say on it. But while we're on hormone health, I have read like basically a lot of what I want to get into with you today because you have that like traditional Western medicine background. And I'm someone who... Like, I love health and wellness, and I like reading the whole spectrum of things, right? And I do think that sometimes we, like, over-medicine in the West. Of course we do. Yes. You know? Yes. But I also think a lot of what's happening in alternative medicine can be bullshit. Like, I just think there's a lot of people who are, like, doing a lot of Mm fear-mongering that are taking advantage of, like, people who are suffering, who are susceptible. And I think that really like like we talk a lot about big pharma but like let's talk about big supplement you oh know I, what I totally mean? agree or with like you all it's, those things it's super important yeah. so a lot of what I want to do is kind of like dispel myths um and I'm not saying all of these things are myths at all I just I'm curious to hear what you would say as someone who has a medical background but also like you are into you know nature let's say yeah I, am. <laughs> I love so. that bitch <laughs> She served us well so far. Our good, good mother. Go Would hate to see it without her. <laughs> so I've read books about like women's fertility and cycles and things like that. And um, one thing I've heard people in this field say is that it's not like it's very, very normal, but it's completely unnecessary to be having PMS symptoms. And basically, like, Alyssa Vitti is someone who, like, really pushes this, like, the woman code, the author of Woman Code, and she has her own app and stuff. And she's really gung-ho that if you, like, eat and um, eat, like, for your cycle and, you know, live accordance to, like, how you should on your cycle, so, like, resting on your period and being most active when you're ovulating, yada, yada, yada. If you do all these things right, then you actually should not be experiencing any PMS symptoms at all. I love that you bring this up. It's actually something I was thinking about recently. Um, one thing I'll say is that while I am like Western medicine conventionally trained, I'm a you know allopathic doctor, a medical doctor. 
I also did a fellowship in what's called integrative medicine. Mm -hmm. And integrative medicine is like marrying the beauty of alternative medicine that's evidence-based. So like Mm -hmm. we try super hard to find the evidence for the supplements, the evidence for exercise, mindfulness, et cetera. And conventional medicine, like, yes, I do prescribe medications because some of them are really good and they work, Mm -hmm. but I try not to like hang my hat on medications. So Mm -hmm. that's like my little spiel about, um, like integrative medicine is, is how I practice medicine. So it's a lot of, that's why I'm like, enjoy being around you and listening to your podcast because you bring a lot of that in. Mm -hmm. Um, also, I don't, I'm not familiar with this author. So I'm mm-hmm. like curious. I'm always like reading medical stuff and integrative medicine stuff too. So I'm going to look into her. But um, what I have to say about that is I do think that's largely true because a lot of the PMS symptoms are things like fatigue and headaches. And we have a lot of like really good um, integrative ways to manage those. Um, I know you've talked about like magnesium before, but that's more for your gut. But like I use magnesium a lot for my headache patients. Mm -hmm. I use like, and yes, like resting, whether that's, I don't know the evidence behind like, should we rest on our periods? Like, yeah, we probably should. But also, because we're like losing blood, but also society does not let us, right? Right. Unfortunately. Um, But this is like how I weave integrative medicine into all my conversations with patients. It's like, yeah, these are probably very true. And I mean, food is medicine. So like, I don't know much. One thing you brought up recently on the pod that I'm like, want to read more about. And I actually went off and bought like a ton of sunflower seeds and flax seeds and pumpkin seeds. And also I just, I'm going to eat them because I don't know anything about seed cycling, I think is what you, right? Yeah. Seeds yeah. I'm not that familiar with it, but like, sure. I want to look into it. Um, and is that part of like what this, the person that you just yeah. mentioned talks about? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So PMF symptoms, I think I agree, are like very, can very much be um, like alleviated or felt um, with lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that like, if you want to explore and I would love to talk about is PMDD, which mm-hmm. a lot of people have actually. And um, there's like a really high association and or like um, people who menstruate, who um have PMDD often have ADHD as a comorbidity. Um interesting. Right, it is really interesting. Um and for like anyone who doesn't know what PMDD stands for, sorry, that means um premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which like <laughs> thanks for calling like the 3 days before our period a disorder like <laughs> big fuck you. <laughs> but yeah. Um and a lot of people I bet, I mean, right? Like I bet a lot of people experience those symptoms. I I think that that's like a fine line. Like people might call it PMS, but like really and what PMDD is is like you feelings of rage, feelings of hopelessness, feelings of um like depression and like extreme irritability. Like I know a lot of people who experience that and mm. we just don't label it as such. Um, but like I do try the lifestyle approaches to alleviate these symptoms. Mm-hmm. I'm curious like what else you've read though and like how you've seen it play out in your life. Um, okay. I'm trying to remember. One thing I've noticed that does help me, it's funny, like every cycle I have is kind of different and I can kind of tell based on what all I've been doing. But one thing I've read that I've tried that has helped me is having like raw carrots a lot. Interesting. And what I've read is that the fiber in the carrots binds to the excess like estrogen, I guess, and helps um, pass it. So you get like fewer of the PMS symptoms. Mm -hmm. 
Um, what I've always been curious about though with that is like, does it have to be raw carrots? Could it be like a radish? Could it be? I mean, a lot of things have soluble fiber. So like, what is it about? Is there something specific about raw carrots? Because like, and this is one of those things that's all over social media, like being peddled by like chicks who have like absolutely no medical background right, right. that like make reels where they point at the air totally. with words flying around. <laughs> that was When that started coming out was exactly when I got off social media because I was like, what the hell is going on? I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> too old for it I think I don't know um I'm not hip enough but no like all of social media is so cringe as someone who's like very active on it like it's it's so cringe but yeah so like I don't know but like I will say I've noticed a difference with that right or yeah that's pretty much it so my suspicion though is that it's probably like I don't know and again I don't think we're gonna study like what does a carrot do and what does a radish do? I think that it's probably any soluble fiber. Though with that said, where I would actually explore is like, what does traditional medicine say? I think that our like ancestors knew so much about medicine and now we've like, yes, we call it Western medicine and we've like westernized it so much to like, you have to show me the studies, like show me where it says that. But like, I think that food used to be such, and plants used to be such a big part of healing and still mm-hmm. are in a lot of cultures and communities. And like, that's probably, instead of like me looking for like a search on PubMed, which is like where we, you know, look yeah. up like evidence um, for like carrots and the menstrual cycle, <laughs> like I guarantee I'm not going to find anything there. I'm super curious, like what do the indigenous women from like the Navajo Nation do? Mm-hmm. And what do those healers talk about? Like that I think is where some of the money is. And I'm not saying that they're hundred percent correct either, but like they have years and like thousands of years of like wisdom that we just kind of don't pay enough attention to, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying the Navajo sure. specifically. I'm just saying like, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Indigenous cultures. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This cycle, I, you know, just coming back to yeah. me, um, <laughs> this cycle, I, I tend to always get like bigger boobs leading up to, mm-hmm. even if I don't like, I don't think I was like as bloated other places, yeah. the cycle, but I could feel like heaviness in my boobs. And then two nights ago when I, oh, by the way, news for the podcast, I'm going to Australia in February. The podcast will still be coming out. Don't worry. But, um, I was booking my flights and I was on the phone with Ozzy while doing it. And it was like, Oh, it was so annoying. Like every time I made a little search, like the website was so glitchy and so slow and it would reload and uh, points and dollar amounts and this and that. And like, and I was just like being like, I could feel myself being so irritable. And I was like, oh, I bet she's coming. I bet Aunt Flo is about to come. Yeah. But I was just being so like cunty with Ozzy. And what did I say to him at some point? I was like, you know what? I have been so nice to you lately. Oh, I love it. I love it. (laughs) And he's like, because I really have been so like, I have not like been irritable or like, anything in so, like months but that's probably because you've been in a good place right no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because i've like just been in a good mood and yeah. haven't felt the need to like pick a fight with him for entertainment um, i was like i've been so nice to you i'm allowed to have one time where i'm irritable and he's like no no, no you're totally allowed to you're totally allowed to. i'm just saying like maybe you don't need to be so stressed because like you're booking a flight and not like building a spaceship <laughs> oh i think and i'm I gonna like, like him when i fuck you <laughs> and i was like i'm 
hanging up. That was such an asshole-ish thing to say. But can we talk about what's going on in your body that like made yes. you do this? So going back to your boobs, you might know this already, but like your boobs get really plump and tender and that's the progesterone, right? So like mm-hmm. during, you've talked about seed cycling on the show. I've heard you talk about it, but um, and like we can totally, if you want, post a chart of like the cycles and what happens after. I'm, I'm happy to give you one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you probably already know it. But anyway, during the luteal phase, right, like your progesterone levels are pretty high. And that's because you're pro gestation. Gestation means pregnancy. Your body is like getting ready for pregnancy and that sperm and that like <clears throat> tiny little embryo to to implant. And so it's like it's like um, juicing you up. Right. And so it's giving you bigger breasts The like when um people become pregnant, they get a lot of those symptoms too, right? Like they get a lot of breast tenderness and nausea and that is all progesterone. Mm -hmm. Um, And progesterone not only comes like from our ovaries, but it also comes from the placenta and from um, like a a recently um, implanted embryo, right? So that's one thing that's going on for you. I'm not saying you have like an embryo. I'm saying it's the progesterone Mm -hmm. from your ovaries. And then the reason you're so irritable and not you, like yeah, yeah. All Hell, of you us. can say me, but yeah, yeah. sure. The reason you're yeah. so irritable <laughs> is um, your estrogen's plummeting. Like, so estrogen is super linked also to serotonin, <clears throat> but estrogen in and of itself, like aside from serotonin, when estrogen decreases, our mood decreases, and we become more irritable. And for some people, those fluctuations might be more. And I think for some people, our window of tolerance might be smaller. And by window of tolerance, I mean like, what does that irritability do to me right now? Am I also hungry? Am I also sleep deprived? Am I also like, um, you know, just like need to make my bed? <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So where are we in our own like window of tolerance? And then where are we in our cycle? So I mm-hmm. think that like, I get it. You were using probably some shitty search engine. I don't know. We're using kayak or something. No, I was <laughs> on the airlines website. It was yeah. just like a slow website. And like, I'd like, and here's the thing. I could feel that I was hormonal. Right. I could feel that my period's coming. I could feel that I was needlessly irritable, yeah. but I just didn't give a shit. <laughs> totally. And that like, you're allowed that, right? Yeah. Like you're totally allowed that. And I also think like, Find you a partner who tolerates that because like the worst thing I've experienced in life is dating men who just like expect perfection out of you and give you no grace to be a little bit irritable one day. Totally. That is not fair. Yeah. And I know I do like I talk a lot about like attachment theory and how like that affects like your moods and how you engage with people. And I always say like your behavior is your responsibility and you can't put that shit on someone else. But that doesn't mean that I think you should be perfect all the time. I just mean that I don't think you can like rage out with your insecurities on people, but like you should be given grace just like I give him grace. I mean, you know, he's, (laughs) he's, 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 he's like a little bit calmer than me, but like, listen, if he, like, if he does, I remember one time he got angry and then immediately was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I was like, you're a human being. You're allowed to get angry. Like, it's fine. That's really great of you as a partner to like point that out for, for him. Because I think that that's like an important, I think that's a really important part of partnership is like, no, I'm I'm not going to be perfect and you're not going to be perfect. And that's okay. We love each other regardless. And like, mm-hmm. you just have to keep like flexing that love muscle and it, and it just gets stronger. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, but yeah, so I actually have had a pretty good cycle overall good. in terms of like the lead up. I don't think I was like really, oh, I did break up a tiny bit but like not really it went mm. away really quickly that's like the most annoying for I know. me when that happens why does that happen Ooh, that's a really good question it probably has to do with the the de- i'm gonna guess it's the decreasing levels of progesterone and estrogen i'd have to look into it though exactly okay. what, what like the acne promoting part is um and you know as somebody who like i could talk about hormones for a long time because as somebody who also is like I love it. I'm a family medicine doctor. And so in family medicine, Mm -hmm. we do everything from like, we call it cradle to grave, right? Like we take care of pregnant women and we take care of geriatrics. We take Mm -hmm. care of newborn babies and their moms. And it's like so cool because we get to take care of the family unit. But anyway, one of the big things I do is like reproductive health and contraception. And so like, there's so many different contraceptive options out there and like people have a lot of changes once they go on them that they want explained. And I understand that. Like, yeah, probably sucks when your body's changing. Um, but like acne is a big one. And mm-hmm. it's and, and then it's also confusing because then we also like use contraception to control acne. So it's like, let me look into that. Right. <laughs> I mean, I never really had acne. And then I was on birth control for many, many years. And then when I got off it, like I always knew that if you went on it for acne, then if you got off it, the acne would come sure, back. Sure. But when I got off it, never having had acne before, the way that I got acne when I got mm-hmm. off birth control, I mean, I would just cry sometimes because yeah. it was like deep cystic acne. Like I could do nothing about it. Like I felt so powerless and I just like didn't understand what was going on. Oh, it's And it's like embarrassing and painful. It's so many feelings. Yeah. What did you do for it? Because you do have great skin. Thank you so much. Um, well, I think like my hormones balanced out because it took like when I got off birth control, Like two months later, I got my first bleed and then it would like happen like every three months Mm. and then it slowly shortened and shortened. Now I get it like every 28 days pretty much. Congratulations. No, seriously. I know that sounds weird to say, but like it feels really good. I know. Yeah. Thank you for acknowledging this accomplishment of mine. It really is. Like, and you know, I've, I've been along so many journeys, both with patients. So like what you didn't have is PCOS, um, but but maybe some doctor would have labeled it as that because you mm. weren't, you know, you were having an ovulatory bleeding, but yours was actually like what's called functional hypothalamic amenorrhea from mm. like from an eating disorder before. Anyway, um, I have so many friends who like, and, and patients, but actually I'm thinking about friends right now who've like had to go through the process of like IUI and trying to get pregnant because it's really hard to get that like to get bleeding regulated again or to get your cycle regulated. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times like it's nothing, it's not your fault and it's nothing you've done. Like it really isn't. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just cycles are so confusing. And then, and then that process of like having to, you know, getting assistance with, with conceiving brings so many other emotions into it. Um, And so just like, yeah, I recognize how good it must feel to have a monthly cycle that is like pretty predictable. 28 days is, is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) I'm (laughs) disturbingly proud of it. The amount that I want to talk about it. I think it's important stuff. Yeah. Um, I maybe want to move on from periods because there's so many other things I want to talk about. But one last thing, 
I, so like, I feel like every person I know who menstruates gets diarrhea when they get their period, but I feel like I get even more constipated. Is that like normal? Like what, like, is it some people go both ways or like some people go one way, some people go another, like the one thing we can conclude is your period affects your poo or like, yeah, I mean, it definitely can because like we were saying before, estrogen and serotonin are linked and like serotonin and our gut health is super linked. So it probably does. What I will say is that like it goes both ways though, right? So yes, it probably affects your poo. There's one other topic I could bring up in this that I would, I'd love to just pick your brain about, but, um, I actually also want to answer your question with a question, but tell me about your pain with your period and then leading up to your period. Like what are your, are your menses like super painful? No, okay. I almost never have pain. That's awesome. Um, the only time I can think of like, unless it's like gas pain, mm-hmm. but like, I don't really tend to get cramping. The only time I can think of that I've had like bad cramping as an adult and I may have had cramping like one or two other times but this is like memorable was that time in Australia where I got my period way early Mm. I was so crampy so crampy and I actually thought that like maybe I had had a miscarriage Mm. between like getting it so much earlier than I usually would and all of the pain that I had I was like this feels off I wonder if I had a miscarriage and you very well may have like are you using anything for uh, like preventing pregnancy is it the withdrawal spray and, and spray yeah <laughs> oh my god I haven't Did heard that, that in so long. yeah it's like what are we spraying oh his dick no no, no. um okay <laughs> a little bit more than that so we usually he, he'll pull out unless I'm on my period mm-hmm. but if it's like right around where I'm ovulating we just like don't really do PNP yeah your fertile window so that's what I wanted to ask you how are you tracking your periods um I like by date Um, and then by symptoms, like in terms of like the biggest thing I can tell is like, I'm super horny right when I, right after I ovulate, like that's been like the most like consistent and reliable method of detecting it for me. I sometimes will check my cervical mucus. It's funny. One time I was in the shower with Ozzy and I was like showing him, I was like, look at this. You see how this texture is? I was like, it changes when you ovulate. He's like, wow, thank you so much for this. Did you basically show him an egg white and you were like, that's my my ovulatory mucus. Yeah. Um, Um, and then I just got the aura ring. So now I'm like confirming with temperature. Cool. Um, I actually saw that earlier and I meant to ask you about that. And I actually, yeah, I think I heard you mention it in the pod, but, um, yeah, the aura ring is super interesting. I actually need to charge it. It hasn't even been charged. So now it doesn't know your body temperature. (laughs) It's been like off for two days basically. And I haven't known. It's like you're 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, it's funny that you bring that up because actually one of my really good friends who's doing a fellowship in reproductive endocrinology, so he's an OBGYN and he's doing a study right now with aura ring and like, and basal body temperature, mm-hmm. which is really, and ovulation, which is just interesting that like you're kind of using it in that way. Yeah. But those are all awesome methods basically. So I mean, I'm like too lazy to do basal body temperature unless I had like a ring on me or something. That's but I'm literally not why like I check. got the ring. I yeah. have the thermometer and oh, I no. just don't, I did it for like maybe like maybe a week. And I was like, yeah, this is not yeah, the life for not me. Happening. <laughs> like, um, 
And does that thermometer like Bluetooth to your phone or no? Yes. Okay, but, but it's still, like a slow no, like, connection. No, like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Like clearly slow connections trigger me. So <laughs> Yeah, we've learned that twice in the last 30 minutes. Um, but do you use an app, I guess is my question. Like, or do you just like use your own calendar? Oh, no, I use the Flow app that is actually by Alyssa Vitti. Oh, I love that app. Oh, okay. Wait, so hold on. This flow app, because there's a bunch of flow apps. Hold on. The pink feather or the feather? <laughs> Maybe. No, it looks like this now. Oh, my flow. Oh, okay. I probably just said flow. That's okay. Like this? I need to look at it. No, yeah, I don't know okay. that one, but I'm I'm curious. Because I, so you use my flow. I use flow. Okay. Um, And... I don't think it really matters. I guess my point is like, I mean, if the cost is prohibitive or if they're like giving bad advice on it, that probably matters. But like, um, I really like my app. And, um, but what I think is really awesome about it and hopefully you use it this way too, is like, you can see what your, when your like fertile window is. Right. So like mm-hmm. you can really use it well for family planning and, and, and I'm like, yeah, that's awesome that you use it that way. Going back to that one, like painful period, it's possible. That, and it was early. Yeah. It's very possible as a miscarriage. I mean, and that's okay. And that's normal. A third of pregnancies end in miscarriage. And like, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point in time, I you will, will welcome every miscarriage <laughs> I can get. <laughs> I totally get that. And that's why it's really cool that we live in New York, which is like a state that supports reproductive yeah. health and, and women's choice. Yeah. Wow. We could get down a rabbit yeah. hole, but I'm just going <laughs> to completely... N- change gears and go to something different that I would love to talk about. And that's ADHD. Mm. So I'll give my background with this. Um, I mean, like when I see signs and symptoms of ADHD, I'm like, yeah, I have every single one of those. Um, but I always like, you know, did really well in school, whatever. And then, um, I graduated from college and I was like, a year into an eating disorder at that point, but it hadn't like really ramped up yet. And I was working and the office that I worked in had like a chef in house and there were like muffins out in the morning Mm -hmm. and cookies out midday. And then like a $5 gourmet lunch that you could get (laughs) gourmet for $5. Like it was heavily subsidized and then like cookies in the afternoon and then, you know, like drinks after work. Right. And so I started gaining a bit of weight and I was like, no, 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 I'm not about this life. And like, I, you know, I was like early into my eating disorder days. Like all I wanted was to be thinner. And so I was like, I know what to do. I'll get an Adderall prescription. (laughs) And so I get a primary care doctor and I go in and I have this whole spiel prepared. And Mm -hmm. oh, this is actually going to come back to poop in a second too. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'd taken Adderall like a handful of times, if that, in college to like study. And I always noticed that it would help me poop too. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Um, which I have heard from yeah, other people for sure. also. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, but I do wonder if it like says something about my specific type of constipation mm-hmm. that like a stimulant makes me go. Because yeah, the same thing too. with um, nicotine. Right. Um, but yeah, so I go to the doctor and I was like, listen, I think I might have ADHD. I like you know, I was never diagnosed it as a child because I grew up in Germany and they're not like as like 
you know, on top of neurodivergence as we are in the U.S. And then I always did really well in school. I just like never really studied that hard, which like, listen, I was exact. I knew what to say to get the prescription. So I'm like exaggerating everything. Um, But now that I work full time, I notice that other people sit at their computers and just work, whereas I do 35 different things per minute and like pick up things and never finish them, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, you're right. It really does sound like you have ADHD. And I was like, oh, my God, it's almost as though I read every single symptom of ADHD and then (laughs) presented all of the signs. And I was like fidgeting like I was doing all that. I mean, I put on a performance. Right. So he writes me by Vance first. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, okay. So I like, like I kind of tinker. Oh, and then he for a minute put me on Concerta. Oh. What was fascinating about Concerta, so I would um smash it with a hammer to like break the <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> break the extended release. And when I would take the smashed with a hammer Concerta, that was the most reliable poop I'd ever have. I'd just take it every morning and immediately go poop. Interesting. Okay. More so than Adderall. And then I got switched to like the generic Adderall, which is what I wanted to be on. So then I just started talking my way up into a bigger and bigger dose. How this doctor was continuing to do this blows my mind because this is the dose that I landed on. I wasn't taking all of this. He wrote me 20 milligrams twice a day. 40 milligrams into my tiny little body. You are little. Yeah, no, they should have like kind of realized what was going on there. But anyway, don't but blame them. I, like, I, I don't, just no judgment. came yeah. off as like so yeah, cute. Yeah, you did and, it. Like, I you mean, know, um, you had the story like. But I was taking 10 milligrams a day. So I'd break my 20 in half and just take that. And then I just kind of like sell or trade the rest <laughs> of it or whatever. Give it away to people. Like whatever. So I kept that spiel going up until the very, very, very end. No, no, no. January like 2nd or 3rd of 2019. Wow. Um, And that's when, you know, I went through this horrible breakup with the comedian and I like, it, I was like fully faced with like my eating disorder, how it was affecting my mood and the fact that I was taking Adderall every day and how yeah. that was affecting my mood totally. and anxiety and all those things. And I was like, I'm done. And I, oh, but before I quit for the past like month or two, I'd cut down to five milligrams. Mm. Um, which wasn't hard. And then from five to zero also was so easy. And you did that self taper on your own or did like the doctor guide you? No, no. And then I just like didn't renew it again. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't really follow up to see what had happened. Um, but yeah, that was it. Like that was kind of my whole experience. So like, do I think I have ADHD? I think like when I read symptoms of ADHD, not only do I think I have it, I think everyone has it. Like, I don't understand how anyone doesn't have it, you know? Oh yeah. But then like, I see or meet people who I'm like, okay, I'm not like that though. You mean in terms of having ADHD? Yeah. 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 That's fair. Or then I've also heard like people, like I've heard this, tell me if this is true. People who truly have ADHD are mellowed out by Adderall. Yes, because, and I'm surprised it didn't do that to you actually, because it helps you focus. Like it helps. I mean, it it helps me focus, but it also is like a stimulant. Right. It is a stimulant, but for people with like, so like everything, ADHD is a spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. And like, actually, you know, earlier before we were recording, I asked you like, do you have ADHD? Not in a judgmental way. And like, I kind of could see that you could. Um, And then then you mentioned the Adderall prescription and like, that we're going to get into it. Um, But so yeah, it's a, it's totally a spectrum. And for some people like who are really extreme on the spectrum of ADHD, that spectrum, um, 
Adderall just helps. It does calm them because they're so much more focused and in the moment. It's like brings mindfulness for them. Mm -hmm. I also strongly believe that like treating ADHD, and we can get back to like, you had so much in that story that you just told me (laughs) that like we could go down so many different little topics. But um, for me, treating ADHD, I diagnose it in adults all the time. Like, but I don't think the treatments are stimulants. I think they can help, sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think they actually have a lot of side effects. Like if ADHD also causes like anxiety and depression because like you do things, you don't stay on task, you feel anxious about that, you have shame, you then get depressed because you're not like meeting your expectations of perfection, right? Like there's so much that goes along with ADHD that, um, and actually like, you know, eating disorders are like really associated with it too. Like it's a, it's a complex thing. I also just don't think that the, the stimulant medications, um, all the ones you listed, Vyvanse, Adderall, Ritalin, Concerta are the answer. They might help some people, but like, and, and I prescribe them, but I don't, I like very much prescribe them with a caveat. I'm like, and how are we going to improve exercise is actually like what's really a very good treatment for ADHD. Mm. Um, so but you held like a lot of, like I said, you had like a lot of little tidbits in there that you told me about, like the fact that like, you, what was it, Concerta you said is the one that like had you poo. Yeah. So long as I smack, cause like Concerta, like, so Vyvanse, my understanding of this is Vyvanse, the way it's prepared is the amphetamine is tied to like a protease so that you need like the protease in your body, like the enzyme to, mm-hmm, break, it to break it down. So only a certain amount can go in your system at once versus Concerta is made extended release via like the physical right capsule caps or like, like the, the, the tablet like yeah so there's like a bunch of hard layers mm-hmm. of it so I just smash it with a hammer to break you, open you basically the start the digestion release. outside of your body yeah <laughs> yeah um and so when I did that I would it would instantly make me poo it was amazing or I mean instantly like as soon as it kicks in right so like right 30 like minutes and I'd be on the toilet is that the same for coffee for you or no not necessarily. Okay. And I really can't do coffee anymore. Like the sensitivity that I have towards caffeine, specifically coffee is so wild. Um, like what does it trigger for you? Anxi- like, does it trigger anxiety or are you just like hyped up and like too like everything? Up? So like, I'll, like I'll go, it's like as though you handed a child coffee. So like, <laughs> I'll have fun. I'll be really excited. And then I start to get nauseous and then I'm like too anxious. I'm too shaky. And yeah. then I'll be up for like four days. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's like truly, truly, if you actually gave like a hyperactive child coffee, that's the spectrum. When did that, that you start? Have see. you always had that relationship to coffee? No, I um, used to drink coffee here and there. Like it was like never a thing. But in high school and college, I drank two sugar-free Red Bulls every single day. Clearly was not always the pillar of health and wellness. And then my senior year of college, one day I opened my can of Red Bull. I'd put a straw in it and then like walked to class just sipping it. And it was like the best moment of the day. And I was sipping it and I was like, hmm, like, why does it taste weird? Oh, I really don't want this. And I threw the full Red Bull in the trash. And so the next morning I was like, let's try this again. I opened the can. I like, it's like a, like a physical, like, um, what's it called that pregnant women have? Other than pregnancy. Yeah, like a physical aversion. Other than pregnancy brain, I was going to say, which I also am exhibiting. (laughs) Um, Like a serious aversion to the taste of it. I, to this day, cannot like 
drink is beyond like I if someone near me drinks like a Red Bull or any other type of soda I get nauseous like if I can smell it like it disgusts me to no end and yeah with it I just like stopped doing all caffeine and then uh, there were times in law school where I would do some caffeine like studying for finals and stuff um but yeah it's like the older I get the more and more sensitive I get to it that's really interesting Yeah. When I I was in Australia in like March and April, there was this one place we got matcha from and I, or like two times I got matcha from there. So the first time we got it in the morning and then went to this party during the day. And, um, you know, there were some like recreational drugs at the party, like the stimulating variety of (laughs) recreational drugs. And I partook in some of those recreational drugs, like a very small amount, I just want to say. And I was up all night like a psycho. And so I was like, Guys, I I'm pretty sure there's like meth in that coke. Oh, wow. Like there, like I I've done a lot of coke in my life, and yeah. that is like not a normal reaction. Thirty minutes should be like the like not all no, night. You know what I mean? It does not last all night. <laughs> yeah. But here's the kicker. So a few weeks later, went to the same place, had the same matcha, and I had the exact same experience. I was oh. wired. I was shaky. Oh, I was sh- up all night, anxious, like having a thousand. It was the caffeine from the matcha. Now, I don't know what the fuck they put in. The, like, maybe they put meth in their matcha. That was honestly where I thought you were going. I'm like, the meth is in the matcha. And then I'm like, wait, no, it's just caffeine. No, but like, that is Who knows? such, like, matcha is not even that caffeinated relative to coffee. But so maybe like, you're that sensitive. It's so wild. Once in a while, I'll have an espresso martini and then like so regret it. <laughs> they are delicious, but also that sounds so dangerous for you. No, it's so bad. Like I literally will be up all night. You know what I'm so curious about in that story is like, I wonder what happened. What was going on in your life around that time that that the Red Bull started to make you like averse? Like I have, I have a hypothesis and it's like fully... Um, like physical, it's not even like mental or emotional. I believe it. I was on Wellbutrin. Mm-hmm. And I know like Wellbutrin is prescribed to people to help them quit smoking. So I was like, I wonder, it, like, I don't like, I, I mean, I don't know how the mechanism stops. And the reason I was prescribed that antidepressant was because like, obviously I had been depressed. Um, You know, this was like early days of my eating disorder and I was doing a lot of binge eating, which mm. I was very open about. But the reason I was doing the binge eating was because I was like starving myself, right, you know, right, right. and that's the part of the eating disorder that I was like really closed off about up until like more recently in my yeah. life. I'd like the past four years really is like when yeah. I've kind of embraced and opened up. And that's part of why I am so open about it is because I think that eating disorders live in secrecy they do and the more light you can bring to it it's like I feel like me talking about it kind of holds me accountable it does and I'm really glad that you like I said before I really admired how I from the moment I met you I admire how vulnerable you are because people need to be that way just to connect with themselves to connect with their partners to connect with their doctors um and part of that going back to the Wellbutrin so one I agree it could have been the Wellbutrin Wellbutrin is super activating so it's great for depression, but if you also have anxiety, it kind of triggers anxiety. Well, butrin Red Bull's mm. also activating. You're probably mm. your body was probably like, all right, bitch, like can't do all this activation. Mm. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. just saying. Like, mm-hmm. there's probably much more going on, like in a biochemical point. And sure, you're probably onto something with that like smoky sensation, smoking cessation, and Wellbutrin point. I I agree with you. The other part of that that like line of thought that you just shared with me though is. 
that you weren't super, it sounds like super open with your doctor at that time about the eating disorder part. And do you know the complications of the Wellbutrin and eating disorders? And it's okay if you don't. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was it's only like, on it for a short amount of time, by the that's way. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's just something that like, you know, a like a, a doctor, your provider really should be aware of. And also a provider should like tune into in like their weight and their BMI. And like, you know, like you have to, a provider has to be also accountable. Like, am I worried about an eating disorder in this patient? Because Wellbutrin can actually like lower the threshold and cause seizures in people with eating disorders. Now, specifically for some reason, I don't exactly know this, but it's more often like bulimia. Um, but like mm. any eating disorder, I'm always super cautious about using Wellbutrin in and, and almost like don't ever. Um, Interesting. So the reason they prescribed me that one was because of the binge eating, right. he was like, it helps with um, quitting smoking. So like, I wonder if totally it could help with other addictive type of behaviors. It totally does. And food is addiction. Like yeah. it, it totally does. And, and it's used in binge. It can be used like successfully in binge eating. I think we just also have to be mindful of like, if there is any other yeah. component, like binge eating is one form of an eating disorder on the spectrum of eating disorders. And like, is there binge eating and purging? Is there binge eating and also restriction? Like anorexia. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, my whole point in just highlighting that is like having a trusting relationship with a provider, whether that's, you know, a physician or your nurse practitioner, who's like your primary care doctor or whatever, or your primary care provider, like having a trusting relationship is so important because, you know, maybe you would have shared that earlier and like mm -hmm. been able to get, but that was just, you know, where you were on your path yeah. and like you weren't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like, I don't know that I would have because yeah. I was more committed mm -hmm. to like maintaining the eating disorder than yeah. anything else. Totally. I get that. Yeah. In my life. So like anything that I saw as like a potential impediment totally. to my yeah. continued eating disorder, like I would have guarded yeah. against. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I totally get that. And I mean, I was so like defensive. It really, it really wasn't until that breakup where I was like, I pretty much like lost a relationship in part, at least because of this eating disorder. And I was like, I'd, I'd rather be like a hair thicker and be able to be like in a healthy functional relationship if that's what it comes down to. And part of how I convinced myself was like, okay, right now I'm going through such intense periods of like restricting and then binging and my weight keeps fluctuating. What if I could just stay somewhere in the middle? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you already talked about that relationship and that like point in your life on the pod? Okay. I totally missed it then, but it's, it sounds like like a really kind of pivotal point in your life. No, it changed literally everything. Like, yeah. every, like I wouldn't be doing this if not for that. Cause like I learned everything that I know about like, not everything that I know. Cause I was always interested in this stuff, but like, I didn't know what attachment theory was before that. Mm. And like a large part of my career is now based yeah. on that, you know, yeah. um, like all these things that I learned was because I was so, so heartbroken yeah. and also like so curious about my own behavior because I had done so much work leading up to that to the point where I could be aware of it. Like in the past when I'd gone through breakups, it was so easy for me to just like find the things that that guy did wrong because every everyone does something wrong, you know, totally. and be like, oh, it's all his fault. He's such an asshole. And like, I'm just this like cool, chill, amazing kind yeah. of girl. <laughs> <laughs> Forever and always. I have no work to be done over here. Yeah. <laughs> Not everyone just gets my relaxed, easy, go with the flow kind of ways. Meanwhile, I'm like a perfectionist. 
No, I get it. No, it's so psycho. I think we learn so much from breakups. Like, I think they are such an important part of the human, like, experience, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, They're hard. There's so much suffering in a breakup, but they're so, like, you know, it might take, like, years to realize it fully, but they're so good for us. Yeah. And I think we need to normalize them more. Like, totally. I mean... I grew up like in a strict Middle Eastern household where dating wasn't even allowed to begin with. But I think that like parents should tell their kids like you're going to date like 1000 people and go through 1000 breakups and that's okay. Now, I totally agree with that. But I also think that's you are okay with that being okay. But are your did your parents truly believe that? Like, did your parents think it was okay to date a thousand people? No, they right. didn't think it was okay to, to date, date anyone. One right, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's a really big like. I have been reflecting a lot and having a lot of empathy for my my friends who are first generation immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think that, and from lots of different countries, right, in lots of different parts of the world. And I just think that like you you were thrown into a society which is like the U.S. is like so fucked up but also like kind of amazing that it is this melting pot and Mm -hmm. you can be whoever you want to be but also it's like totally tragic and horrible in a lot of ways anyway um but your poor parents honestly they had to raise kids in this society like what is this so different from their home so different and you're right like we all should be able to date a thousand people and have a thousand breakups and process our emotions in that way. But like, it's really hard for parents to accept that when that wasn't what they came from and definitely not how they were treated by their parents. So like, right. like it's all just, And yeah. for them, it's like the shame, right? Like what will other people think? Other oh, people totally. will judge you. But like, I think that I clung on to every guy that I dated so much more than I would have if I just had like white parents <laughs> because in my mind I was like well I'm already doing something wrong oh girl white parents are not the answer <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> I think it's self-work that's the answer but yes Fair. I hear you but I like, know what you're I saying I was like we better fucking get married yeah because yeah, yeah. I'm no, already I get doing that. something wrong and so every single breakup was so much harder than it could have been if I just had parents who were like this is the way of life you That's... date and you break up and you date and you whereas like my parents would always like make comments about like divorce or like these things where it, it implanted in my child mind that like no form of a breakup is allowed right shame 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 guilt 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 and also like the way sex is often portrayed in a lot of in a lot of cultures and also like in a lot of white families too you know Mm -hmm. but like so much shame around that Mm -hmm. and so much like shame around even like self-exploration and like um I mean sexually and which is so wild by the way sorry to interrupt you but like if you want kids to not have sex teach them to masturbate Totally agree with that. Like you can't also, have like, one or the like both, but you can't have one or the other. Like just te- hand girls vibrators. Like good god, it's gonna do so much more than like that gross snotty dude that you're eyeing in class. Totally, who, like, literally totally, doesn't know where your clit is. <laughs> definitely true. I just, I was just thinking though, like if you don't want kids to have sex, like reevaluate what's going on in your mind because, like we know for eons, like kids have and by kids I mean teenagers right like no kids shouldn't have sex and that's like right kids shouldn't but like teenagers the average age of like um someone's first sexual encounter is 17 that is a kid in a lot of ways right like no you are a child still but you're not anymore and like if you're a parent who's trying to be like I mean this is coming from somebody who's not a parent right so like I Mm -hmm. totally get that but if you're a parent who's trying to be like 
don't have sex, you're going to go to hell. Like, all right, well, that's just going to scare people into not seeking contraception, to not mm-hmm. seeking like STI screening. And guess what? They're still having sex and they're lying to their you and they're lying to their doctors. And like, we've known this for centuries and like, yeah, teen pregnancies happen, but they're, they're decreasing, right? Because like, we're making it okay to talk about. Mm-hmm. I don't know, different tangent, but like things I think about yeah. in the shower. No, it's infuriating. Because like also that's when your hormones are going crazy. Oh my gosh, wild. Like I was so horny all of <laughs> high school. So like I waited until I was 17 to have sex. And honestly, it felt like I like climbed Mount Everest without a Sherpa. You know what I mean? Like totally. just to like not have sex for that long. Because like all I thought about was sex. I was so, whereas like now I like... You know, I could easily go another year and not really give funny? a shit. I think about that a lot too, because like, I remember hearing the statistic when I was younger, this is not my like doctor hat on. This is like my, I'm just a human hat. But I remember like being in high school and friends being like, you know what? As a girl, as a woman, your sex life peaks in your thirties. And I'm now I'm like, you know, mid thirties. And I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like my point in saying that is that yes, teenage hormones are insane and they make you horny and feel really insecure and feel really like all the feelings happy and on top of the world and also just like not and like body shame like there's so much that goes into being a teenager and like sex is part of it and are basically adults and parents and as you know maybe if we become parents or our generation becomes parents can normalize that even more yeah that's the goal to me yeah 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 I think so um, wow. Okay. We've gone quite a while. I do want to touch on one thing before we wrap up and it's not even like, there's so many things I've on the list that we're not even going to get to, but I had a dream a while ago, <laughs> <Other> <laughs> like a week or two ago at most. And in the dream, I was at some kind of like health and wellness talk or something. And, you know, there were kind of like alternative medicine types talking and, at some point I just like lost my temper and started yelling and this is what I was like getting really angry about I was like seed oils are not nearly as bad as you guys are making them out to seem you know that you're lying and you know that you're fear-mongering and you know that you're just like trying to get people afraid so like why are you doing this and I do see this a lot in like alternative health and like wellness influencers being like seed oils will kill you you will literally die if you consume a seed oil (laughs) and like every restaurant uses seed oils and if you're not dead yet it's because your body isn't sensitive enough (laughs) what do you have to say on this and like i don't like i've done literally zero research into it it's just my intuition is like with every other food that they've like tried to make us terrified of like it's probably not great for you, but it's like probably not the worst. I totally got you now. I thought for a minute we were still talking about like seed cycling and like we like compress the oils and take the oil. Now I got it. So we're talking about like using sunflower oil in restaurants yes. and like using like canola, canola oil. is like and the like, worst one, I yeah. think. Yeah. And you know what? They aren't great. Like they aren't. But to me, everything in moderation. Like mm-hmm. are you going to eat like a takeout Chinese meal like once a, you know, every once every few weeks or whatever, like once a month, once every few months? That's not going to kill you. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. don't fear longer. Um, are you going to cook with it every single night? Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know it's not good. Because there are, like, um, 
like it's a lot of, you've definitely looked into this but like monounsaturated but via versus like polyunsaturated fatty acids and we know that like the difference between short chain and long chain fatty acids like do make a difference in our health is it going to kill you to have um like like walk and roll i don't even know what that is i just like <laughs> seem like that i've seen i, I walked past yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> um no, no. Like manage your anxieties. Right. right? That's I think how the, I feel. That's like a similar thing that I have about alcohol. So I'm not mm. like a huge drinker. Um, but, and like there are very well documented harms that come from alcohol, right? Like everything from emotional, physical, mental, everything, right? Like number one, I think we should start with just like safety issues yes. and like yes. especially as women etc but totally. then like effects on your brain I mean these are like non-negotiable things but I think so long as you have an okay relationship with alcohol and that's like a major key here mm-hmm. I think that the effect I like listen I think you have more fun when you drink like let's just call a spade a spade like it's just you tend to have more fun when you drink people are more open you can engage a little bit deeper and I think the positive effects that come from that social connection outweigh the negative effects that like alcohol in moderation has on your physical and otherwise health yeah no I love this theory I think it's really you know, there's so much that you're like kind of hitting on actually with this. Yes, alcohol makes us like oftentimes more fun, more social because we like are less inhibited. And there's like like, like everything, like the canola oil, there's a line, right? Like mm-hmm. if alcohol, like one drink of alcohol is actually going to make you spiral and do 10 drinks and then like use IV heroin that you haven't used in five years, don't touch it. But like, no, right? Like <laughs> yeah. seriously. But um, I think that there is, there's like a lot of talk out there and I'm not going to go into it because... Um, like I don't want to like make people question their sobriety, but like sobriety can be a spectrum too. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, there's just, um, but sobriety is also extremely important for a lot of people and like super pride worthy, like Mm -hmm. amazing Mm -hmm. that people, Mm -hmm. but I guess my point in bringing that into this conversation is like, yes, there's like be like moderation is okay. Like, yes, you're right. There are non-negotiables, negotiables about alcohol. It screws up our sleep. It definitely does. Sleep is so important for health and mental health. But mm-hmm. also like human interaction is really important. Yeah. Social isolation is not good. That's actually far worse for us in a lot of ways, I think, than like one bad night of sleep because we just like got together with friends and had a few glasses of wine. Yeah. Yeah. That's always, yeah, that's like really been my like mentality towards it. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And I think that's probably true for like, other a lot of other substances you know and and alcohol I mean now we like are so processed right like we have everything in cans and we have everything whatever but like alcohol is just like a natural process it's fermentation and I like believe in (laughs) I said this before but like I believe in nature Mm -hmm. and I believe in like plant medicine to it like food is going food is medicine like there's something that about this process and like consuming an alcoholic drink that like we have it for a reason and we've had it for like centuries, right? Like alcohol has been in, is like in the Bible, in like ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics. Like alcohol has been around forever Mm -hmm. for a reason. Yeah. 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 So in conclusion, drink more. (laughs) (laughs) If we've learned anything today, it's don't use a condom and (laughs) 
Kiva, drink more. You want to go to a bar? It's like five o'clock on a Monday. <laughs> uh, all right. Till next week. Real medical advice from Dr. Dahlia. Oh, I love that alliteration. I kind of do too. It just oh rolled right God. off the tongue. Oh my God. Let's build like a, like a online, like you're going to be like a, the new Dr. Oz. God, I hate him. But yeah, yes, but yeah, 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 yeah. Like a good one, a good, a good one of those. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. Or um, behind that. There's another one, right? What's the other like real famous one named doctor? Um, <laughs> One name doctor. I'm sorry to spit into every listener's ear. Um, there are some really, really good. We, I'm happy to talk about other like good doctors out there yeah. on social media in the future. I would actually love to. Okay, cool. I'm not one of them, but like there you are some be. goodies out there. <laughs> Look out for Doctor Dolly on, on the interwebs. Um, only on your podcast. But thanks so much for having me. This has oh been my God. so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Let's have you back. I mean, I have like 40 things I still want to talk about, like anxiety and depression, which I think will be useful for, for people. I meant to go on a long bragging tangent about how I quit vaping because I'm so proud of that. We've got lots to talk about. Let's yeah, do it again Yeah, so much soon. to talk about. I have quit vaping though for, I mean, like literally the listeners know because I talk about it so much. But. Yeah, but like as a provider, I am, I was telling Heva earlier, I'm really proud of her for doing that. That's an incredibly hard thing to do. So like props to you and props to anyone out there who's listening who's quit vaping or any other like kind of like harmful thing in your past because damn that's hard yeah and if you do vape you know you hit the jewel from time to time take this as your sign to quit because let me tell you like how much my life improved so much like my anxiety went way down and my moods became so much more stable and my energy levels became so much more stable when I quit vaping and if you need help like reach out DM Heva and we can connect you to like awesome resources that we have both like integrative medicine resources and like you know prescription resources like Mm -hmm. whatever you need we have like ways to help with this Mm mm-hmm Amazing. Cool. Okay, so drink more vape blasts. Have unprotected sex. <laughs> drink water too. <laughs> drink water in between all these activities. <laughs> no, but like, don't do those things. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you took something from this episode, please share it with someone you like, love, hate, whatever. Just share it. Um, love you guys. Talk next week. Love you too. <laughs> 